It's a scared cats podcast. It's cats that are scared, and it's a podcast. Hello. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? Is it me you're looking for? Hello. Ah. Ah. What's up? We're back. And we're back. We're in the house. It's an apartment, but it's we're here. But it's our home. And we're back. Scary Cats Podcast. That's what it is. Yeah. Welcome back. We're so happy you're here. We're literally a week away from our actual launch date, so it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. We got to finish up the edits, and then we'll be coming at you live. Yep. From Minnesota. From Minnesota. Yeah. Or Minneapolis, Minnesota. Technically, Lawrence, Kansas for a little. True. <laughs> Kansas ones are probably probably not as good. If you've made it this far, thanks. We appreciate you and your support. Facts. And not running away. Oh, shit. Like, wow, these guys are weird. There was something I wanted to tell you on the podcast, but I don't remember. Hmm. I don't know either. I was like, I'm going to wait until podcast season. And then I forgot. Let's see. Were there any... Podcast season? Yeah. Podcast time. Season that happens every week. Every Sunday. For one day, the shortest seasons of the year. Fact. Currently watching the dark, oh the dark God. crystal. Guys, it's... Uh, a rebellion or so, I don't know, sometime, but it's good. <laughs> it's puppets and it's good. They all go ah, ah, it's, uh, all the time. You gotta get through like the first fifteen minutes, but then you're like, oh, I could watch this. I could watch this. You have to get through at least the first episode, because even after the first episode, I was like, is this what you want to watch? And you were. You're pretty about it, and I was a skeptic. Well, so. yeah, but now it's good. It's pretty good. Now we have to watch the movie that's from, like, the 80s or whatever. Facts. We went thrifting. Thrifting. Um, state fair. Yeah, experienced the state fair, finally. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, got the cats a nice, like, water fountain thing to drink from. Broken. Yeah. Mad about Used it. Used and broken yeah i like they're like oh all you have to do is clean out the motor and it was like clogged with this cat's like dusty old hair and it was so gross and addy's like what's this what's that i want to smell that i want to lick it and i had to stop her and then it still didn't work so i'm really pretty sad about it we also got dominoes i've been killing brian and dominoes <laughs> yeah well dominoes is a game of yeah sheer just... not total luck but it's all about if you get the dominoes or not I, I just told you that to make you feel better. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll play after the podcast. And we'll play Catan, and it got heated. But I won the first game, and that's all that matters. Yeah. It got heated because yes. somebody over here <laughs> likes to just, oh, did you put enough cards down for that? Did you put enough cards down well, for that? Well, I know yes. how I am playing I Monopoly, so I don't I want you know. to play the way I play Monopoly as the banker. What are you talking about? As, oh, you're a cheater. Yeah, as a child, I was. See, I am of the mind that <laughs> karma plays, like, I don't cheat because it's karma. Okay, well, I just gotta make sure. And that's on you. If you don't put enough cards down, you know that you didn't put enough cards down. That, that'll yeah. eat at you, and then you'll get shitty cards later on. That's why I don't cheat. But I gotta make sure you don't you cheat. You just said you cheated at Monopoly. And Monopoly. I mean, you cheated at Monopoly. Different, a, it's a, it's a, a different it's world. It's a gateway game. It's a, no, you it's, cheat at Monopoly. It's, Cheating everything else, man. It's a no. gateway game. No. G squared. 
You're G squared. All right, you ready, let's, man? Let's do this. Let's do this, bro. I'm gonna kick your ass at this right. too. Ah, that was the quickest one. I was gonna let you go first either way. Since I was I gonna went go first, first either First, way. last time. Yes. Guys, I'm going first. All right, what do you got for me, bro? Oh boy, I am nervous. So I was super stoked about this one. Okay, I knew I wanted to do a cult, but I'm like, I'm not gonna do cult. The... Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not gonna do all the ones that people always do, like, ooh, drink the Kool Aid, whatever. We can save Heaven's that Gate, yeah. for another time. But so I found one, and I was like, ooh, some of this shit's like crazy. How have we never heard of it? And then it got really fucked up. Like, really messed up. As cults usually do. Really fast. So, this is Rosh Terrio and the Ant Hill Kids. Okay, I've never Dun. heard about the Ant Hill Kids. Yeah, no. Does like, it involve magnifying glasses? No. Nope. Okay. Torches, kind of. Torches or tortures? Both. Okay, that's what I like <laughs> to see. Okay, um, there's also, I got, min like, all this information from wikipedia obviously thank you wikipedia and then i started listening to this like video thing and the guy was telling me all the stuff that was not in the wikipedia it was a lot of information so i'm not even going to use him okay. but there's also a movie out called savage messiah and it's based on the story and i'm like should we watch it shouldn't we watch it i'll let you decide okay but it's pretty fucked up oh guys we started watching um slender man that's what i was going to talk about oh yeah and it was we got the like Marble 20 Hornets minutes one. in or 20 videos in and somebody got scared. So you got scared and you're like, we should save this for tomorrow. And then we never watched it. What are you talking about? <laughs> that was you. No. That was <laughs> all you. I've been sleeping on the side closest to the door because of my back problems. And then that night I said, oh, my back really hurts. Can we switch yeah, sides? Yeah, yeah. And he realized halfway through the night why I did the switch. Anyways, so let's start with Rosh. Okay. What a name. Rosh was born May 16th, 1947 in Seguinay, Quebec, Canada. Okay. Which is like, is Seguinay um, like the town? I've never heard a place have like three parts to it. Quebec is the providence. Okay. And then, then, then Seguinay is the town. Probably, yeah. So oh, it's okay. Seguinay, Quebec, Canada. So it's like, I'm from Vandalia, Dayton. Oh, wait. Vandalia, Ohio, United States of America. Yeah. That's that's a lot. Okay. So that makes sense. That's where he's from. That's where he was born. As a child. Canada. What? Canada. Canada. Which everybody's like, Canada's so great. And I agree. But I'm like, now I'm like, this is crazy. I don't know, Canada, what's mm. going on? Anyways. That's crazy all the crazies all over the place. That's true. You'll find crazies everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Even Norway, the coolest place in the world. True. That we should move to, but I gotta learn their language first. Okay. Cool. So, as a child, he's extremely intelligent. And then he drops out of school at seventh grade and is like, that's enough of this knowledge nonsense. We don't need it. Okay. I am gonna teach myself the Old Testament. Oh, that's... That's your first wrong choice. Yep. And that's what he does. We'll fast track his adult life. He marries a lady, has two kids, is a chimney worker. Oh, okay. Drinks a bunch, loses his job. They move. I don't know. I don't remember where. Does wood woodworking, does his own business, drinks even more. Okay. Family's like, bye. 
Bye-bye. Loses his job. Peace, bitches. Switches his belief from Catholic Catholicism. Catholicism. <laughs> oh my god, is that how you say that? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I never try to spell that word. Yeah. Catholicism. Oh my god, it's but it's Catholicism. Not, I mean, it's Catholicism. Which is this is like a Catholic. Yeah. Well, they should just spell it how it's, or or they should say it how it's said without the ism, Catholicism. Yeah, but that sounds weird. Yeah, it does. Catholicism. That's so cool. Yeah, it's a dope word, but... Yeah. Yeah. So he changes his belief from that to Seventh-day Adventist church. Okay. And he's, like, super about it, especially the part that's all about eating healthy, freeing yourself from alcohol and drugs and tobacco and unhealthy food, and he quits his bad habits. And he's like, I'm, yeah. I'm a new man. Mm-hmm. woo Yeah, I feel like most cults... Like, if you could just do the the good stuff, it's actually a decent life. But then you get the motherfucker that thinks he's God that yeah screws it all up for everybody. Kind of like Rosh. Oh, okay, yeah. Is Rosh the one? Yep, because he's like, you know what? Oh, fuck. The world's ending. And it's all going to be a war between good and evil. Yep. You know, all that Armageddon bullshit. The yin and the yang. Here we go. In the mid to late 1970s, okay. he becomes a self-proclaimed prophet, and he uses the name Moses, which is not original. No, not I would say no. <laughs> not at all. That's definitely been used like before. what? If you were a self-proclaimed prophet, what would your name be? Mine would be like Zeliath, because I'm a fucking warrior. I'm feeling like, like Garunth. 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 I like it. Garunth the Conqueror. <laughs> Garunth the Conqueror, okay, conqueror who drinks bovine Groot. milk from the horns of Amethron. Oh I am Garunth. Garunth. Yeah. I already forgot mine. Yeah, so did I. Zerenith or something? Zer. Zerenith. I don't know. But it was cool. I was a badass goddess warrior. Yeah. Yeah. From the stars. Yeah. Anyways, so that is amazing. Later, his followers, some of his followers call him Pappy. Okay. <laughs> like the children and stuff. It's a little bit more normal. I just wanted to add that. Moses and Pappy. He uses his charms and charismatic talents to talk people into joining him. He's like, hey, you want to quit smoking? I'll, I'll get you to quit smoking. Yeah. A bunch of people are like, I'm going to drop out of college. And leave my job and leave my families and I'm gonna follow you in your mission. Yeah. To who knows, do whatever. To the stars. To the stars. His cult officially formed in nineteen seventy seven in Saint Marie, Quebec. And the whole goal of the commune was for people to come together and listen to his motivational speeches. Because who doesn't wanna listen to Moses Poppy Roche? Terrio more than yeah Terrio it's spelled more like Therialt Mm. but we'll go with Terrio who doesn't want to listen to him ramble about shit probably me what well I guess I would No, if I could watch it in video form maybe yeah Eh, maybe and 
This would be a place that people could live in unity and equality and be free of all sin in the world. So they're like, yeah, sign me up. Sounds great. I'll listen to you ramble to be free of all this sin. Yeah. Sounds like a good deal. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden he starts forbidding his followers to be in contact with their families. Yeah. That's where it starts. And and they're like, he's even like, you can't even talk to the Seventh Day Adventist Church people anymore. Like, we're just together. You're mine. End of discussion. And this was, he said, if he does talk to them, it's against his, like, the cult's values of freedom. So, you know, you have freedom, but not that kind of freedom. Yeah. Okay. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah, can't. Can't talk to those people. Right. Then one day they go on a hike and they're like, oh, we're hiking. And then he goes off by himself and God appears Mm. and says, hey, BT dubs, the world is ending in February 1979. Okay. And he's like, oh my God, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. So, so Moses Poppy Roche is like, yikes, I need to prepare my people, you know? Yeah. So he moves them to the, to a commune. In the mountains, in the mountains, he calls them the Eternal Mountain. And it's in lo- it's located in St. Hojus. Okay. I don't know. That's probably not right. But it's a it's a sparsely populated place in the Gap- Gaspi Peninsula. Oh, my God. I cannot talk. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. The Gaps. The Gaps. <laughs> The Gaspi Peninsula. I feel like you should practice the pronunciation pronunciation of things before we go. <laughs> this was those were some of the words that I couldn't find anybody to say them. Okay. Okay. So he makes everyone hike this giant mountain, and then he's like, "I'm gonna take a break, but you guys go ahead and build our little cult down." Okay. I'll sit over here, and while he's relaxing and they're building shit, he's like. You know what? You're kind of like little working ants on an anthill. Ah, okay. Work, yeah, working your 17-hour days and oh, all shit. this bullshit. Yeah, he's crazy. He's like, oh, my God, that's a great name. I'm going to call you guys the Anthill Kids. And that's where they got their I mean, name. That's a pretty cool name. Is it, though? It makes me think of an anteater. Like, I'm going to be an anteater and just... And then you're dead. Or I'll be a little shitty kid and step on your little anthill. You know? Yeah. I guess if the you think about it that kills. way. Kids, the anthill kids. The anthill kids, man, just running up and down anthills. I feel like he could do so much better. Maybe. Me. I don't know. But he calls himself Moses, so. True. He's kind of not that original. Yeah, not at all. Probably just saw an anthill on the side of the road. Probably, and was like, wow, look at them work. Boom. Name chosen. Boom. February 1979 comes. Okay. The world's ending. Yeah. The world ends. We are all anthill kids. The end. What? That's it. That's the story. Okay. We are descendants of the anthill kids. Oh, so the world ended and they repopulated it. Mm-hmm. And we are them. Huh. Just kidding. I'll buy it. Good, because I'm not done. They were like, what the fuck, dude? We just worked so fucking hard for you. We did all this shit. We built your stupid little town. And I haven't talked to my family and all this other shit. And there's supposed to be this, like, giant fight between good and evil. Like, I was ready for a whole shebang show. I want my fucking money back. This is bullshit. 
And then he's like to himself, like, oh, fuck, like, what am I going to tell him? Because obviously the world didn't end. And then he was like, obviously, guys, the most reasonable explanation, you know, is that that God's, that our world and God's world are not parallel. So, you know, like, it's, it's just a miscalculation, you know? Okay. So, so it'll happen soon. Yeah. Okay. Like, our dimensions don't line up. okay okay so whatever it doesn't happen and they're like oh yeah that makes sense okay people come on freaking anthills so moses roche now needs a way to keep his people in check keep them devoted and keep the community growing so he marries all the women ah okay yeah and he's like it is now on the religious requirement that i marry you and that i impregnate every single one of you and guess how many kids he has with nine women? 17. 26. Ah. Close. Okay, okay. Close. Oh, wait. Did I not tell you something? No. No, we're good. We're good. Okay. Okay. So it's 26 kids. In 1978, oh, shit. This happened before the world ended. Oh. Well, we don't have to talk about it. But just to, like, help show his, like, a little bit of craziness. In 1978, he meets a guy named Eau Claire, and his wife, Cheryl Dean, has leukemia. And he's like, let me go visit Cheryl. So he visits Cheryl, and it's like, this bullshit, they have you on all this medication, it's not going to help, let me bring you back. So he f- has the husband force her out of the hospital, and he's like, I'm going to give you some grape juice and organic food. And you're going to be healed. Okay. She obviously died. And he's like, guys, don't worry. I'll bring her back for a little bit, for a short time, just by kissing her. So he starts kissing her and then doesn't come back. And his answer is, well, when God wants people, he'll take them. Mm. And that's that. So people should have kind of got a sign like, oh, that's not really how you heal leukemia. But okay. Yeah. Probably didn't make the most sense. No. So by the 1980s, his cult grew, grows to over 40 members, and they all must wear identical tunics. Mm. Because we're in a cult, and that's what we do. We have to wear the same shit, or it's not legit. You know? True. So the tunics are supposed to represent equality and devotion to the commune, and, sorry, the commune, and Moses Roche. And at first, like, the women wear green, the guys wear beige. And then eventually they all wear dark blue. But guess what color Moses gets to wear? Moses Roche. Fucking dark brown because he's a piece of shit. Okay. You don't like him. I was going to go with purple. No, that's the best color in the world. Yeah, I know. That's why you would wear it. I don't know. He's a piece of shit. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. So in 1984, the cult moves to from Quebec to a site near Burnt River. In Ontario, and that's where they live until, you know, forever. And then, okay, so now we're getting to the stuff. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about why cults never work. So where shit gets dark, okay? So I'm sorry. So shortly after he started his cult, he started getting, like, really possessive and crazy and, like, oh, like, we should all live healthy lifestyles and then starts drinking heavily again and gets very... A, like just very like o- like over like very controlling that's the word i'm looking power for. hungry yeah 
he like wants to control their lives and wants them to like follow all these insane beliefs. At first it started where members couldn't even speak together unless he was he was present. Uh. And they couldn't have sex unless he gave them permission. So it's like you can't do it unless I tell and that like really gets rid of the romance, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. Like, I don't want you to tell me when you have and to be who. you have to submit a formal letter. Probably. For review by the board. Takes and a, the board is me. Takes three weeks for it to get approved. Plus postage. There is a fine included. And I need a lock of your hair. Okay. Okay. And then he starts getting like really paranoid and thinks that people are starting to stray. So the people he thinks are straying from him, he starts spying on them. And he's like, God told me you did this. God told me you did that how dare you Mm. you know and punishes them for this stuff and then so if someone tried to leave you know that was just if you were like thinking of strain he's really obnoxious if you try to leave he gets really fucked up so he would hit them over the head with a belt or a hammer then two very different yeah outcomes (laughs) yeah but then it doesn't stop there he suspends them from the ceiling and one by one plucks every body hair off them it's either that or he defecates on them so i don't know which one i would choose yeah it's bad yeah doesn't sound good and even though like all this crazy shit's happening and it's starting to get worse people stay because he was so charismatic he was they like could never question his judgment they never thought like you know, they never blamed him for the abuse. It was like, he knows the way. Yeah. There was like a part where was a lady, one of the girls wrote him a letter and was like, I know what you did to Cheryl or not Cheryl, somebody else in the place. Like, I know you didn't mean to do it. And it was, it was God's will and God made you do these things. Cause he would tell them that God would like possess him kind of and yeah. make him. Everything's him. God's fault. Yeah. And then he like cries about it later. Like, oh no. This happened. Hi, baby girl. Hi. Hey. Ava's here. Oh, I gotta get stuff off her spot. Yeah. Oh, you can lay by mama. Things get even worse. Um, I will say to our viewers, if you are queasy, this is one of the parts you might want to like skip ahead a little bit, maybe, because it gets pretty gross. So things got a lot worse. He would have members break their own legs with sledgehammer. Sledgehammers, sit on stoves, shoot other members in the shoulders, and eat dead mice or feces, either theirs or someone else's. To prove loyalty, members would have to cut off their toes with wire cutters. Ugh. One guy had to cut off his own wife's toe because I think she was like trying to escape or something, or I don't know, but he had to like prove his loyalty. And ugh, cut ugh. I know. The kids weren't safe either. They were sexually abused by Moses Roche, held over fires, and nailed to trees while other kids were forced to throw stones at them. Ugh. I know. It's a little rough. Breaks my heart. One of the wives tried to keep her newborn, Elysia Lavelle, away from the abuse because yeah. he she could tell like when the baby was born that Roche didn't really like him and was like uh, yeah. So she ended up leaving the baby outside in the freezing cold to die. Oh, man. Yeah. 
Moses wanted to bring back the original religious mission of his commune, so he strongly believed that he needed to purify all the followers and rid them of their sins through abusive purification sessions. So he'd like have them strip naked and then he would like whip and beat them over and over. Mm. One of his punishments was like leaving people out in the cold or like if it was raining, just like having them stand out there like completely naked. Just Yeah, we're in Canada too and it's freaking yeah. cold up there, man. It's mostly snowy and cold. So since Moses Roche was a holy being, quotation marks, in the air, he would, perf- quotation marks. he would perform unnecessary amateur surgeries. With, oh, okay. Yeah, with no anesthetics Oof. on sick mem- on the sick members just to demonstrate that he has the healing abilities. Yeah. Some surgeries included injecting 94% ethanol solution into stomachs, and he performed all the circumcisions for the oh, little boys God. and the adults. One child did die from it. Mm. I know. In 1987, are we still going forward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. In 1987, 17 children were removed from the commune by social workers, but he never really received any punishment for his abuse. Authorities, like, were always suspicious of him and, like, even interviewed him like had him do get tested by psychiatrists and stuff which actually kind of backfired because he would seem so normal like oh i'm just trying to help all these people like do all these good things and play the system yeah and people were like why are you bugging him he's like making people healthy blah 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 and they were never legally able to investigate him because they were registered as a church Oh, yeah. So they didn't really have an in, and so it was, like, nice that they were, at, like, the social workers were at least able to get 17 children out. Okay, another part. If you're squeamish, skip on ahead, because it gets a lot worse. This is your skippy skip time. Skippy to skip scam. 1989. Salong Bulliard comes to him and says, I'm having, I just have an upset stomach. I don't even think she comes to him. I think she's just like talking to somebody. He's like, oh, my stomach is upset. And Moses Roche's response was, let's lay her naked on a table. Mm-hmm. He, again, gave zero anesthetics for this shit. Punched her in the stomach, shoved a plastic tube up her rectum Ugh. to perform an enema with molasses and olive oil. What? Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Then, when that did absolutely nothing but make things worse, he opened her abdomen and ripped out part of her intestines with his bare hands. Good God. I know. After this horrid, sadistic torture, he had member Gabrielle Lavelle, who was actually the person that let her child out into the snow, like, left him out there. Oh, yeah. She was forced to stitch her up with a needle and thread and then he shoved a tube down Solange Bouillard's throat and had the women blow into it. What? Yeah, I think That's he weird. was kind of doing like you know how like you give somebody oxygen but he was giving him carbon dioxide. Oh. Okay. Kind of the opposite. I don't it's know. Weird. It's very weird. Sadly, no, he's just like doing whatever comes to mind at this point. I know. I feel like he's like let's see what happens when I do this. Yeah. Obviously, nothing good. 
Mm-mm. Nothing is ever fixed or better. So obviously she didn't she didn't survive. She died the next day. And then Moses gets even worse. Moses Roche. I just want to keep calling, like, giving him his, both his names. Because, like, you know, Moses is not supposed to be this, like, fucked up person. But Moses Roche is. Well, isn't Moses the one that almost killed his son because God told him to? Who was on the ark? Isaac. Oh, I'm thinking Noah, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah, I'm remember. pretty sure Moses almost killed his son because God told him to. Right, so maybe it is fitting. I don't know, but this is, like, fucked up Yeah. even more. So still being the asshole that he is is like, I'm fucking great, and I can bring her back to life. So he drills a hole into her head. Oh, man. And masturbates into it. What? And has all the men do it, too. It sounds so fucked up. Ugh, Just, I'm so sorry ugh. if you've been, like, fast-forwarding through this and then you mm. heard that part. That's gross. I know. I was so sick to my stomach when I got to this, and I was like, fuck, I have to talk about this. Big surprise, nothing happens, except everybody's even more traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gabrielle. Did I call her Gabriella earlier? I don't remember. Okay. I think it's Gabrielle. Um, so, she's been through all this shit. She was also brutally tortured herself when she was there. She suffered from torch burns on her genitals a hypodermic needle breaking off into her back. Oof. Eight of her teeth being forcefully removed. Yeah. And after Moses Roche cut off parts of her breasts and smashed her head with a blunt side of an axe, she decided to run away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, she was like, okay, I cannot live in the real world. I don't know. I guess, like, I don't know. Probably just, what like, the mental... That happens to a lot of cult members. Yeah. A lot of them go back. Yeah. It's just like very brainwashed and like very different world. So she ends up going back and Moses cuts off her finger with a wire cutter. Decides this isn't enough. So he pins her hand down on the table with a hunting knife and chainsaws her arm off. Her entire arm. Damn, Moses. (sighs) Yeah. He's like very brutal. And it's crazy the amount, like, everyone stayed. Yeah. Most people. I think, like, a few people got out. Like, one person was like, oh, I'm from Paris, and my visa was up. I have to go. Oh, okay. But it's like, fucking tell somebody about this shit. So she finally flees again after this. Like, okay, I just lost an arm. That's far enough. And she tells the authorities about the abuse, and he is quickly arrested. About time, about time. And the cult dies, and we're all happy about it. He was found guilty for amputating her arm and was only given 12 years. Mm. Which is bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. While he's in prison, he's still allowed to have conjugal visits with the few remaining followers that are like, I can't leave you, and has four more children. Hmm. With those women. And then since Gabrielle spoke up about her abuse, the authorities were then able to investigate the cult further and found out all this crazy fucking shit that was happening and about the murder of Solange Bouillard. Mm -hmm. And in 93, he pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. Yay! Yeah, yeah! In 2000, he was transferred to a medium-security prison 
Dorchester Penitentiary, and in 2012 was rejected for pre- parole. That's and good. And he like never tried again. They're like, you're, n- you will and definitely reoffend. Yeah, like if you we let you out, so we're not going to. And then he never tried because he's like, yeah, you're right. In 2009, he hit the headlines again because of this whole controversial shit about him trying to sell his artwork on a u.s website called murderauction.com i think i might have heard something about that i feel like it too it might have been on another story of ours maybe i don't know i feel like you did a story and it came up i don't know Mm, i don't know they call themselves the true crime auction house it really pisses me off i know we talked about this because i'm pretty sure i talked about this exact same thing it's like you're you're endorsing these fucked up horrible monsters and you're create you're treating them like celebrities and you're like fucking cheering them on like oh my god you did this terrible gruesome horrible thing i want something that you created or i want you to like do like the whole like ted bundy thing i feel like i definitely talked about the, the ted bundy tapes like i don't think i can ever watch it i think we try to watch it once and it's just so like i don't want to give you the opportunity to even like speak up and like get fame from it it's just like any mass shooting person like you don't deserve any fame why are we giving people this capitalism yeah don't get me wrong i love shows that like forensic files are like mind hunters but it's like there's they're telling you more things that are actually happening like oh we created a profile yeah of serial killers or fucking dna testing and shit like you know yeah like i don't and i do like the ted bundy movie with um zach Zach efron yeah that was good that was good and i i think he did a good job playing that part i said that to somebody and they were like everybody just likes him because he's hot blah blah blah. it pisses me off and i'm like no he actually just did a really good job in the part yeah it's a stupid comment whoever made that i know because people are like that they're like he's so cute no well, yeah, but that was like. That's why he got. That's why he was someone. famous, but he's actually a decent actor. Oh yeah, Zachary from. Yeah, no, he did a really good. He like played the part so well because then they at the end of the movie they show like actual interviews, and he was like almost exact to how yeah that monster was. Anyways, that's my rant. So he's trying to sell his drawings and his poetry online. I was gonna try to look them up, but I don't think I ever found any. I was going to show them to you. Yeah. But you the, were going to find it and put it on social. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But the Correctional Service of Canada was like, fuck that, and stops it from ever leaving Dorchester Penitentiary. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so he's trying to sell the shit that he's making in prison? Yeah. Okay. And the Canadian Federal Public Safety Minister at the time even wrote a letter to the Correctional Services and was like, expressing all these concerns that there's a killer literally benefiting from his work in prison and that shouldn't be a fucking thing and like how messed up that is so they took it all very serious and none of his probably very shitty work got out that's good yeah and on february 26 2011 two days after my 17th birthday right yeah so february 26 at the age of 63 moses roche is stabbed in the neck with a shiv by his cellmate. Oh, yep. Matthew, okay. Matthew Gregard MacDonald. Shouts to Matthew. Yeah, and he fucking dies. And MacDonald's like, 
goes to the guard station, gives them the shiv, and said, that piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I sliced him up. Oh, wow. Yep, and that's the story of the shithead Moses Roche, mm. Terrio, and the Ant Hill Kids. Ant Hill Kids. Ants were ants on a hill. Well, that was pretty fucked up. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Ugh. Was I was disgusting. like so sick to my stomach when I was reading all that stuff. Yeah, it was gross, man. And then you're like, do you want a chicken nugget? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> oh, Ugh, it's good to get that out. I was yeah. like, should I even do this? Because some of it's very graphic. I'm so excited. Are you ready? Yeah. Why are you so excited? Is it this? Is it? Are you doing it? Doing what? You tell me. Ooh. You tell me. She looks so little. Am I doing the story of Elisa Lamb and the Cecil Hotel? Is this the one that I'm thinking of? I don't know. You just have to wait and see. Oh, my god! You just have to wait and see oh what's going to happen I'm with so Elisa Lamb and the Cecil Hotel. Elisa Lamb. All right. Here's the facts of the case. Oh, gosh. Here we go. 21-year-old college student Elisa Lamb was taking a getaway trip from her studies at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. Wow. We're in Canada. Oh, my God. But we're not in Canada anymore because she got on a trip and now she's in California. Oh, my gosh. But she is she's originally from Canada. Okay. So her parents were a little iffy about this trip because she decides to go alone. So she's going solo. Don't do that. But she agreed to check in with them on a daily basis. So they're like, all right, you're good, you're good. So on January 26th of 2013, she arrives in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. on an Amtrak train from San Diego, and she checks in to the Cecil Hotel. Okay, we're here. Five days later, the 31st of January, is when things start getting a little, getting a little sketchy. Oh, so her parents become worried when she fails to check in with them. They contact the Los Angeles Police Department, but when they search the premises, she's nowhere to be found. And after investigating, they find and release an elevator surveillance video of Elisa acting very strange. This is the one, guys. I'm sorry. I'm so excited about it. So I'm going to show you the video and then tell them about it. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen the video. It's fucking weird. Oh, God. I'm kind of freaked out. Oh, that's so weird. Why is she, like, shoot at every floor? Why isn't the door closing? Ew, why'd she do that? Bess, this is creeping me out. Why isn't the door closing? Yeah, that was my my thought. And it pretty much ends after the door closes. It just goes to different floors. She's like standing outside the door. I still don't go get why the door hasn't closed yet. She presses the buttons again. Yeah. She like just keeps pressing them. This is so creepy. Ew, why is she moving her hands like that? Oh, yeah. What? She's like bending them back. We are two and a half minutes in and the door has not closed once. I also don't like that there's no sound. Yeah, it really bothered me. Because apparently I think they say that she's like yelling or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, it looks like she's like talking to somebody. It closed. Okay, now it does. All right. Jesus. So then it just starts going to different floors. 
I have chills. That was, if you guys haven't seen, you guys need to like pause the freaking show and check it out. Yeah, we'll have the link posted on social and stuff if you want to check it out before continuing. But if you don't, if you don't watch it, I'll briefly describe what happens. So she basically comes in the elevator. uh, She pushes nearly like every single button and then appears to like be hiding from something as she like moves into a corner but then she moves in and out of the elevator multiple times and eventually like stands outside the elevator to the left making like crazy ass hand gestures. Yeah, that was fucking creepy. Yeah, and then she just like disappears. She goes wherever. And, yeah. But the big thing that you said a lot to me was that the elevator didn't fucking close. Yeah. Like, I have no idea why the elevator is not closing in this scenario. Yeah, it stays on the same exact floor. And, like, if our our elevator will, like, close while you're still trying to get in. And, like, my thing is she even, like, stood in front of it or, like, where the door thing is supposed to close. And if we ever do that, if I'm ever holding the elevator for you, it starts beeping immediately, a very loud sound. So people would have heard that if that was the case. Yeah, and it didn't even, like, attempt to close. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, oh, you close and then blah, 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 blah. I'm freaked out. So that's the video. Mm -hmm. So police released this video and everybody's just like, what the fuck? Uh, Her parents come down from Canada and just to, like, you know, see what's up. And they can actually be seen... I'll also put the link to this um, in the background of a press conference that the LAPD does. Then on February 19th, two weeks after the video is released and about three weeks after her disappearance, Elisa's body is found by maintenance worker Santiago Lopez. After getting complaints from residents of low water pressure and odd-tasting tap water, Santiago goes to the water tanks on the roof, and after noticing the hatch on the main tank is open, peers inside and sees Elisa's body floating about a foot below the top of the tank. Oh, my God. Completely naked. Oh, Oh God, those poor people that drank that water. Yeah, so people... People drank dead body water for a while. That's... At least a couple weeks. So they got the body. Are you healthy? That's not healthy. I mean, I'm sure there's no, like, crazy adverse side, as long as it's not, like, been in there for a long time. Decaying body. Yeah, it's probably not the greatest. <laughs> All right, so they got the body, and uh, they go ahead and do an autopsy, which just goes ahead and muddles things even more. Um, the autopsy showed no signs of foul play, mm-hmm. so no sexual assault or anything. And the main takeaway from it was having to do with the toxicology report. Mm -hmm. Her parents did inform investigators that she struggled with bipolar disorder. Mm. So I looked at the the autopsy toxicology report, and she was prescribed five different drugs. uh, A stimulant, a mood stabilizer, two antidepressants, and an antipsychotic. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot. I'm not really, yeah, like, I'm not really hip. In terms of what medications you take for that stuff, but it seems like a shitload of medication. Yeah. So after doing the toxicology report, it showed that she took at least one antidepressant that day. She took the other antidepressant and mood stabilizer recently, but not that day. 
and she had not been taking her antipsychotic. Oh, interesting. All this to say that she may not have been taking her medication as intended, Mm -hmm. um, which is important because the improper use of these medications can lead to, like, manic side effects, which is really high energy, like, like, you know, having a psychotic break, basically. And a lot of people point to this as what happened. So, basically, the hypothesis goes that she was in a manic state, um, which explains the unusual elevator behavior, and eventually she found her way up to the roof, took her clothes off, and climbed in the water tank, and then being unable to get out, eventually succumbed to exhaustion, basically, Mm. and drowned. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, it kind of makes sense, but also, why would she go in there? And, like, how is that accessible to guests? That should not be accessible to guests. Well, I'll I'll address that in a little bit. Okay. But statements made by the hotel manager actually seem to bolster this hypothesis because she originally checked into, like, a hostel-style hotel room, which, like, you share with roommates. But Mm -hmm. after complaints from roommates of odd behavior... What? um, She was moved to her own private room. I wonder what she was doing. Yeah. Probably some weird shit. I mean, weird enough... Judging by the elevator. Yeah. Also, like, if people are going to complain about it. Because usually it's like, oh, you're being strange. I'll just ignore you. But it has to be something enough that they feel extremely uncomfortable or unsafe. Yeah. Okay. They are probably more keen of reporting something since they'll be sleeping with her. Yeah. But still, it's got to be pretty weird. Yeah. However, certain things seem to point to this being a little far-fetched. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hotel's chief engineer, Pedro Tavor, mm, made it clear that it would be very difficult for anyone to access the rooftop. That's what I'm saying. Without being seen or setting off the rooftop door alarm. What? So only hotel employees would be able to deactivate the alarm properly. And if triggered, it would alert the front desk and be heard at least by the top two floors of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Like it's a loud fucking alarm, apparently. We had an alarm like that at the back of... Um, Penn Station, and it was so loud. Yeah, like, those things are fucking loud. Like, if you're, if you, yeah. It's like a fire alarm, almost. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. (laughs) I was trying to think of, like, reasons, like, I don't know, maybe for the rooftop one, it's like if someone's trying to commit suicide or something. Yeah. But really, it's just probably don't want a lot of people on the fucking roof. Well, it's a big safety thing, too. Even if you're not trying to commit suicide and you go up there and you accidentally fall or you get hurt. It's a big liability too. Yeah. And, and they the did, the parents actually filed a lawsuit against the hotel for like a wrongful death yeah. suit. But the judge in the case like said that it wasn't their fault because there was so many things that prov- like. Was to prevent yeah. her from going up there. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. It's a bummer. Yeah. So, also, according to statements by the chief of the Los Angeles Fire Department, the tank where Elisa's body was found 
had to be completely drained and cut into from the side in order to get her body out. Oh, God. She was five foot four. That's a big fucking tank. So that's basically Elisa's story. Still a mystery. No one knows for sure what happened. But obviously there are many different things that have been proposed. Yeah. One thing besides her bipolar disorder that we already talked about um, has to do with the hotel itself. What? The Cecil Hotel has a history of mysterious and unfortunate circumstances. What? Since opening in 1927, the the hotel has seen 16 different murders, suicides, and unexplained events. Which also, well, while also temporarily housing many famous serial killers. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah. Like who? Well, let's run, let's run through some of the history of the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, I'm like all about it, let's go. So in the first 10 years, six people committed suicide. Jeez. In 1944, 19-year-old Dorothy Jean Purcell woke up in the middle of the night complaining of stomach pains. Mm -hmm. She goes to the bathroom and gives birth to a baby boy, which was a surprise to her because apparently she didn't know she was pregnant. What? Are you fucking serious? She then proceeded to throw the newborn out of the window, claiming she thought it was dead. Well, now it's dead? What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, my God. In 1962, 65-year-old George Gianni was walking outside the hotel when he was struck and killed by the body of a 27-year-old Pauline Otto who had jumped from her ninth-floor window after an argument with her husband. What? Both died instantly. Dude, this hotel is fucking possessed. It was at this point... The Cecil Hotel was dubbed the haunt, the most haunted hotel in Los Angeles. Yeah, I would never go yeah. there. And in the mid-1980s, Richard Ramirez, Whoa. a.k.a. the Night Stalker, mm-hmm. who murdered 13 people, lived in a room on the top floor during much of his killing spree. After killing someone, he would throw his bloody clothes in a dumpster outside and then walk through the lobby either completely naked or just in underwear. What? And nobody was like, excuse me, no, you cannot do this? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Apparently, like, back then, it was just, like, a really sketchy fucking hotel. Like, there was just, like, crazy shit going on. Like, oh chaos. God. So it was, yeah. like, nobody, nobody said anything. What? This is insane. Yeah. I need to, like, hear it from an employee. Yeah. Somebody speak to us about it. Yeah, if you're an employee of... Well, right now, I think it's being renovated into, like, micro-apartments. Hell no. Burn that place down. That should not be a place anybody can live or step foot on. Like, we need some, some... Condemn that bitch. Somebody to do some ritual and make that shit. But they fucking can't. Why? Because it was given historical status by Los Angeles. Because it was built in the 1920s. Which is like... But it's being renovated. Which is like a... You can renovate shit. You just can't. Mm. As long as you get permission. What the fuck, LA? 
So then in 1991, the Austri- Austrian serial killer, Jack Un- Unterweger. I thought you were going to say Jack the Ripper, and I was like, what? Jack Unterweger. <laughs> I don't know him. Well, he strangled prostitutes with their own bras. That kind of sounds familiar. Um, but he might not be the only one. He also called the Cecil Hotel home. And it was rumored that he chose the Cecil because of its connection to Ramirez, which is the Night Stalker. Yeah. Oh, my God. Serial killers love serial killers. It's either like, I want to be him, I want to be better than him. Yeah. It's like, no. It's a weird fascination. Yeah. Like, chill, bros. Yeah. Let's do neither. So, this hotel, all the history... Is fucked. Inspired... A well-known TV show. What? Or a season of a well-known American TV show. American Horror Story. American Horror Story uh, Hotel. You said this was going to have to do with a show we really like. And then you're like, well, we like it. And then you were, and I had no, I was like, Forensic Files? And then you kept going in this story. And I was like, this sounds very American Horror Story. But it reminded yeah. me of the house episode more. Oh, okay. But yeah, I get it. Oh my God. Yeah, so this is what this hotel inspired that. Jesus, that's crazy. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's it. You're not going to talk about the elevator game? What? The elevator game. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I have to look it up. One of the theories of what she was doing in the elevator is the elevator game. I don't know what you're talking about. Gosh, it's not mentioned in anything I read. Well, let me look. At, what's her name again? Elise. Elisa. I don't remember Elisa how it goes. Elisa Lamb. But it's one of the theories for what she was doing in the elevator, like when she was pressing all the buttons. So it's like a big game. It's a big game in Korea that apparently gives you detailed instructions on how to get from our realm to another by using a numerical code in an elevator. So you like punch the the floors in a certain way and it'll take you to a different realm. Hmm. Well, I don't know about that. I think she punched them in order. She just went from top to bottom. But I mean, that's pretty cool. How to play the elevator game. So first you have to choose a place with 10 accessible floors. Locate an elevator. That can be used without anyone else trying to use it at the same time. You enter it from the first floor, and you must be completely alone. Once the once in the elevator, you visit each of the following floors in the exact fo- exact order, pressing the next button after arriving on each floor. So you like go up. That's oh, so you're supposed to do in this order. Sorry, four, two, six, two, ten, five, one. Once pressing the button to once again return to the first floor, if the elevator begins to move up instead of down, then the ritual has been successful. And the next floor you'll go to is in a portal to another dimension. Oh, shit. However, if the elevator obeys and goes down, the player must exit the building as quick as possible and not look back. Huh. Crazy. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so like a bunch of people are saying that she might have been trying to play the elevator the elevator game because she's pressing all these buttons in like a really weird order and she mm. like keeps pressing them and then she like keep looking out and like one of the theories is like somebody was trying to have her play the elevator game i don't know yeah it's 
was fucking creepy. Yeah, because in the video, right after she presses the elevator buttons the first time, she, like, puts half of her body out and then looks left and right real quick. Yeah, And goes so back fast. in. Yeah. Yeah. And she's so, like... And then she hides in the corner next to the buttons. That was, like, really creepy. Like, she was trying to make herself really small and tight. And it's just weird. You don't see... You don't see any shadows or anything. Mm-mm. I wish there was more information. That's, like, one story that I wish there was more information. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe she had a psychotic break and hopped in the water. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the strange energy of the hotel made her do it. Or... The elevator game. The elevator game. Or maybe another serial killer has drawn inspiration from the Cecil Hotel. Maybe freaking crazy either way yeah i'm surprised i don't have any other video videos of her what do you mean like just throughout her stay oh yeah yeah well like, it's an old hotel so maybe they only have elevator cameras yeah but i'm saying like the days following up to that was she ever getting into the elevator with somebody was she ever she you know? was always seen alone okay that's just so strange because you like wonder like okay she went to this floor obviously and she's on this floor who else went on that floor at that time? Anybody? Even if it wasn't with her. Was that her floor? I have so many questions we're yeah. never going to get the answers to. Well, that's a thing. It's a mystery. I don't like mysteries. It doesn't have an answer. I don't like unsolved shit. Very ambiguous. Well, it's like one thing. That's like the Black Dahlia. It drives me crazy. Wait. The Black Dahlia? What about it? Elizabeth Short? Yeah. She was staying at this hotel when she got murdered. What? Yeah, I was You didn't mention that. I wasn't going to mention it because, I mean, I it was just kind of offhand. No, that's so big. you got to mention that. Yeah, it was Elizabeth Short in 1947. She's now known as the Black Dahlia. Yeah. Um, Don't tell the story. Oh, oh go. so I shouldn't say that they solved it? They didn't solve it. Apparently, some author just came out with a book solving it what no way the black dahlia is not solved yeah it said like some dude hired her hired a dude to kill her oh my god the rolling stones did an article in 2018 a new book suggested oh my god yeah i don't think so okay then is somebody in prison for it no everyone's dead that's (laughs) that's true shit i want to do the black dahlia dibs that's a gruesome one, man. It's a difficult one, and it's like so much. It's a, it's a, it's one I want to do, but it's very hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good episode. Yeah, thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for coming, man. And uh, sorry, mine got really dark. That's okay, man. I mean, gross. Can't have light without the dark. True. This is a time for us to to learn from fucked up people's exp- um things and not do what these bad people do facts don't do it don't do it don't do it man it's okay just don't it's do, okay, you don't gotta, you don't gotta bro, do it's that okay. it's okay play with play-doh it's more fun all right or slime okay thanks for coming thanks for coming guys whoop, whoop. love you bye peace Bitches. all right guys if you have any interesting crazy shit to add anything 
Email us at thescaredycatspodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on... All the socials. All the socials. For Instagram, it's the Scaredy Cats Podcast. Twitter, Scaredy Cats Cast. Facebook, the Scaredy Cats. TikTok, the Scaredy Cats Podcast, separated by periods. Boom. Check it out now.